Shakir Mukamadulin and William Eklund impress uh, by the Sharks fall four to two to the Anaheim Ducks uh, in a preseason uh, game. So we'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at Inside the Rink, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day, and if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts, or you can subscribe on YouTube as well, or just do both. Both is good. Um... The Sharks lost over t- uh, in, in a preseason game, right? 4-2 to to the Ducks. Um, but the big story coming out of this game is the play of one William Eklund and Shakir Mukhamadoulin. And we'll start with William Eklund first because um, he's our Swedish son. Um, we love William Eklund. And William Eklund is going to be on the NHL roster come opening night. I think tonight was just, you saw it tonight, right? Um, what Every time he stepped on the ice, he was making plays. And again, grain of salt with the um, rosters that are out there, right? The Ducks roster, every right, biggest grain of salt uh, with with all that. But you can still see with with just the the style that he played, right? That constant motor, the forecheck when he had the puck, when he didn't have the puck, he was doing. He was doing a lot tonight and a lot of positive things showed no hesitation coming off his shoulder surgery, uh, was not afraid to mix it up, get into the action, whatever, whatever he was needed to do. Like William Eklund did it all tonight. And um, of course, scored a goal on the very rare, but lovely four on three power play Um, Four on three power plays are just amazing side note. But uh, William Eklund, I think secured his spot. Um, and now it's just how high can he kind of climb in, in training camp and begin the season. It seems like he's going to be starting the season on the third line. Uh, we'll talk about the line turn a little bit, but um, you have to be impressed with what William Eckler, like everything William Eckler learned from last year with the AHL, he, it was on display tonight. Um, just, I mean, even at the very end of the game, right? Uh, Sharks are on the penalty kill after Vlasic takes a dump. Or ticky tack. Anyway, Vlasic's in the box, right? Eklund almost single-handedly causes a breakaway to try to score the um, the game-tying goal and basically just get gets caught up for before he's, he's able to get out there, like kind of get the puck clean. Um, you have you, you you have to be feeling good about William Eklund and the direction because this is the floor, right? He's only going to get better from here, and he's only going to get better about playing with more NHL players and going to be playing with better NHL players as, as the season goes on. So um, you have to be excited about what William Eklund is going to be doing. So I think that, that transitions uh, to Shakir Mukhamadoulin, who was just as impressive on the blue line. And David Quinn gave him a lot of opportunities. But again, just you see just kind of 
especially if you watched kind of the beginning of the Barracuda, very, I don't want to say timid, but indecisive, right? And just kind of wasn't sure, but you see just how calm he's starting to look with that experience coming uh, with him. And he, in his own zone and the offensive zone, he looked like he belonged. Um, you know, going over the summer, I was very much Mookie Dillon's probably going to spend the entire year in the AHL to the end of the season or after the trade deadline. I know there's a ton of dudes in front of Mookie Madulin. Uh, you know, you have your Burroughs and uh, Vlasics and Ferraros and, you know, name them all, right? Mookie Madulin is going to be knocking down the door here soon. And he is the big piece, right, from the Timo Meyer trade, at least uh, non-pick-wise. He's the big piece for them. And I think Mike Greer and company are going to want to see him sooner rather than later. Um, especially if he hits the ground running for the Barracuda this year. Um, I said Christmas time. I mean, I know last year I said Christmas time with Eklund, but you don't have that, you know, he's already eaten part of his, his uh, ELC. Like you don't have that ELC game with him. Like I think they're going to want, especially once the sharks kind of start to fade out. Um, but before the trade deadline, when they still got some, some dudes around, wouldn't be surprised if Mookie Madolin's playing NHL games this winter and you know before before the trade deadline, just because, especially if he has a good start to the season. Um, he just kind of looks like he belongs. And again, I know the, these aren't NH, fully NHL rosters out there, but it's not like this Ducks team isn't a talented team. So um, yeah, I, I think the next big thing tonight before we kind of get into get into the numbers uh and then we'll talk about some roster cuts here in a little bit but is the transition game and that's always kind of been my big fear with with this team heading into this season especially with uh one Eric Carlson not being on the roster anymore right and uh especially in the first period I'll say they this team definitely um, really, you know, kind of turned things around a little bit at the end, uh, you know, as the game went on. But, like, it was brutal at the beginning of the game, right? And just unable to get the puck out of their zone. And credit credit to the Ducks to coming out and kind of trying to set the tone with their forecheck. But um, you, how many times was it just like, trying to make a even like a simple pass out of the zone. And it's basically like a 50-50 puck where both the, the Sharks and the Ducks players are, are kind of going for it, right? Just not a lot of clean transitions out of the zone. And that is my one of my big worries for this team is that they're just not going to be able to get the, get the puck out of the zone uh, cleanly or you're going to make your life so hard on your forwards as they're going to have to kind of scrape and claw just to get the puck into the neutral zone and then into the offensive zone. Um, they, as the game went on again, they kind of figured out things a little bit with the ducks and you saw, especially in the third period when the, the sharks were definitely in comeback mode here, but uh, trying to, to come back from two goals, but yeah, uh, just imagine with a guess the sharks will have more NHL talent when they actually have their NHL roster, but it's not like the other teams won't either. And I think you're still going to have those issues just because of the nature of the blue line for the sharks and just that, not unable to get that guy, get a guy who can kind of get the puck moving easily, right? That is the Eric Carlson effect. That is 
Eric Carlson's amazing at getting the puck going and and finding an open board. And it just it seemed like a slog, especially in the first period, uh, even the first half of the first period of just kind of getting that going. So we'll see as that kind of continues um, what the Sharks can do there. I you know, it's felt like a lot of kind of on the rush type as the game went on, but still just a lot of tough, tough shifts just getting, especially if Eklund or Mookum Dillon wasn't on the ice, just a lot of tough shifts just to kind of get things going uh, for this team and, and how they kind of, yeah, it was, it wasn't the prettiest. So, um, but overall, I mean, I, We'll talk, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood and everything and kind of the rest of the lines here a little bit, but very, very rough first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, but then the Sharks kind of found their footing and found kind of found their game. And you could there's plenty of of guys that I thought really impressed tonight as well. We'll dig into a little bit more when we get into what the numbers say and kind of how each line looked as well. Um, but before we do all that, uh do actually a new thing here. Uh, gonna take a quick break and talk about our new friends over at DoorDash. Um, nothing worse than like missing syrup for your pancakes or you ran out of your favorite coffee creamer. Uh, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. Uh, with you've trusted DoorDash, right? And I know I have to get from restaurants to get my favorite food delivered to me all the time. Um, you can actually now do that with groceries, with thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Um, great thing. They also have the door pass or dash pass membership uh, that we can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a dash pass membership. So uh, get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKED on, or sorry, just LOCKED at checkout. Uh, limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off uh, up to $20 on no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED, don't forget that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. We have new fancy ad graphics now. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, uh, I don't know what you're doing, man. That's it's they come out first on YouTube. It's the easiest way if you want to help me. Um, so, what did the numbers say? So let's first start by digging into what the lines look like again. Um, I know Granlow was supposed to play tonight. Got was a last minute scratch. Uh, so first line was uh, Eklund, Sturm, Halton. And Peterson, Carpenter, LeBanc, uh, Zetterlin, uh, Kaspik, Lindblom, Cardwell, Robbins, uh, Saborin. And then on the blue line, uh, Fraro, Gavanka. That's an A. So at the end, uh, at least that's how Dan Ruzanowski said it. And Dan Ruzanowski is the man when it comes to pronunciation. Uh, Mukamadul and Vlasic, uh, Kanijov, Chichek, and then Blackwood uh, and Net. Um, sorry, Lindblom on the left, Zetterlin on the right. But anyway. Uh, uh, Halton kind of got bumped down about halfway through the game and Zetterlin got moved up to the beginning. Um, for the Ducks, uh, Valtrano, Agazzino, Strom, uh, Leeson, Carrick, Peralt, uh, Regenda, Garo, Caulfield, McLaughlin, uh, Lupina, Tracy, and then on the blue line, Zellweger, uh, Lubishki, uh, Hines, White, uh, 
Harrington, old Sharks friend Harrington, Leno, and then uh, another old Sharks friend, Sailor. A lot of former Sharks um, kind of just popping up there. But what did the numbers say for this game? So overall, five on five, right? This is how we kind of view the game since the majority of the game is played on it. Um, Ducks kind of controlled the pace for the most part. Part, especially in the first two periods. Um, the Corsi four or shot attempts four uh, was in favor of the Ducks 51 to 0.35 to 48.65. Um, actual shots on goal, um, again, at five on five, uh, 21 to 15. If you're looking at all situations, shots on goal was 25 to 17 uh, in favor of the Ducks. Um, shot four per percent is 58.33 to 41.67. So again, the Ducks really kind of control the pace for the majority of this game high danger chances nine to seven in favor of the ducks um expected goals for 1.96 to 1.74 in favor of the ducks so even though the ducks did have kind of control the game the sharks still kind of um made an effort and i you know that with the uh expected goals they're kind of keeping it pretty close so especially with how the ducks looked you know a little bit more in control especially in the beginning of the game um as for the sharks uh lines so um again all the lines are gonna be a little bit mixed up so we'll kind of just look at the line like the starting lines and the lines that played the most together so um again five on five the line with the most ice time uh was peterson carpenter and LeBank. um they had 736 time on ice um uh, shot attempts were five to three in favor of that line actual shots was two to two um expected goals was 0.16 to 0.09 and mostly kind of neutral defensive zone starts um carpenter i mean i think from that line carpenter we know exactly what he is he's going to be a strong fourth line type of center i still think he's probably going to be the andrew agazina role of playing uh kind of top minutes or playing big minutes on the Barracuda. And then if you need him to kind of slide in due to injury. Um, so, you know, if, if Couture is out for a while and then something happens with Sturm or Granlin, um, I think he's kind of that guy to, to, to kind of slide in. Um, Peterson, I thought was okay tonight, had a couple chances, uh, kind of the same thing with LeBanc. LeBanc on his, you know, kind of nice pass to, on the power play to, to lead to the uh, Eklund goal. Not so great on the back check um, uh, that, that led to the empty netter. Eklund, Sturm, and Kasper Holtzinen played 7-0-1 together. Corsi 4-4-7 in favor of the Ducks. Actual shots was 2-4. Expected goals for 0.18 to 0.64. So uh, kind of got hemmed in their own zone a little bit and gave up some, some quality chances. Did produce three scoring chances, but gave up four as well. Um, and then 2-3 in the high danger chances. Uh, three neutral zone starts, one offensive zone start. Uh, Carwell Robbins, uh, Scott Saborn, uh, 546 time on ice, uh, two to seven, ugh, not the prettiest there. What, what you want to see? Um, but yeah, that line actual shot. So was one to one. So they did give up a lot of shooting chances, uh, but they weren't really on net. Um, 0.2 to 0.17 expected goals for uh, in favor of the Ducks. Um, kind of a, a hodgepodge of, of zone starts. So, and then finally, uh, Zetterlin, Tanner Kaspik, and Oscar Lindblom. 
Um, 455, 2-2 two two for the shot attempts, 2-1 to one in favor of actual shots on goal uh, for the that line, 0.06 to 0.1 goals if expected. Um, back kind of these two lines here. So um, Robbins, I think, is going to be kind of your fourth line center of the future. Like he was kind of given a lot of penalty kill, you know, kind of played some penalty kill time as well. Cardwell, I thought, had a very quiet, First two periods, but in the third period, you saw things kind of click for him. Um, he had a really nice opportunity when he was kind of coming down the boards and on a rush. And that's one of those where you wish he just shot it instead of trying to make a pass that led to nothing. Shoot it. I know it's very Brett Hedekin. Um, shoot the puck. You have guys kind of crashing the net and see what happens, especially a guy like Cardwell, who's known for scoring goals, right? Um, shoot the puck and, and you're especially when you're trying to come back in a game um just get the puck on that what's the worst case is that either right you the goalie stops it and then you have an offensive zone start um or good things could happen from there so um but I, like i said or as the game went on you start to notice cardwell more and more and it might just be kind of those first game jitters uh remember first game kind of professional type of game for him that you know setting um let's see what you know what happens as as, as things go on in the training camp of preseason so um zetterlin i thought looked good again kind of continue to shoot the puck uh tanner kaspik I, I liked his game tonight very physical game um i think he's going to be a huge addition to the barracuda again on a pto tryout um i wouldn't be surprised if he gets an ahl deal maybe an AHL nhl deal but at least an ahl deal to go play with the barracuda i think he'd be a big addition to them so um one other interesting very small sample size but um ethan cardwell Tristan Robbins and William Eklund did play a shift together at 113. Um, they had five shot attempts uh, and gave up two in that time. Um, actual shots on goal was one to two um, and produced a 0.13 expected goals for in that time. Just again, one shift, but you do like what you kind of see from there, at least in that, uh, that little spot. So um before we uh we'll we'll talk about um Blackwood's night and we'll look at the roster cuts here in, in just a minute. Um but before we get into all that, do want to uh thank you guys for making Lockdown Sharks, of course, your first listen, probably a part of the Lockdown Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you gotta do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts, or of course, um, you can watch this on YouTube as well. We'll be back tomorrow where we have another preseason game. Uh, so we'll be covering Ducks, Sharks uh, 2, Rockies Revenge uh, tomorrow. And then we'll do kind of some stock up, stock down at the end of the week. Um, so that'll be for Friday's episode. Uh, just kind of seeing where guys are at and seeing what guys maybe kind of need to continue to work uh, forward. So uh, make sure you guys are following along for all of that. Again, wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube as well. Again, fancy graphics for us now. Um, all right, so Mackenzie Blackwood usually tries to stick this in there, but uh, kind of running a little, you know, took a little bit longer on with that part. But um, Blackwood tonight, very rough, 
very rough first 10 minutes or so of the game uh, where he let up three goals. But as the game went on, I think he definitely settled in, um, didn't give up another goal. And, uh, you know, the Ducks had some some quality chances throughout the, the rest of the game. Um, you know, again, they gave up a ton in the very beginning. But um, Ducks had some quality chances as the game went on. And, and I think Mackenzie Blackwood really settled in um, uh, for the, the rest of the game. So, um, what his numbers look like all situations, uh, for him. So 24 saves on 21 shots, uh, expected goals against 2.36, gave up three goals, save percentage 0.875, three or five goals against average. Um, again, will a goalie, will a goalie have a save percentage over 900? Uh, I would love to, I will see, not too sure on that. So, um, high danger shots against, uh, nine, High danger shots made seven high danger saves, uh, mid danger shots four save four, and then low danger shots nine saved eight. That Zolwiger goal at the you know that was that kid's very very special. Uh, but the Sharks did a pretty good job of kind of pushing you know uh, pushing things out, uh, especially compared to the Vegas game where it was a lot of the high danger mid danger. They had more they had kind of. Less those mid-danger, more the low-danger shots from here. So you're hoping as Mackenzie Blackwood kind of finds his groove with the Sharks, new partners, new defensive partners, everything that's going on in a preseason game. Um, of course, you would definitely want some of those goals back, especially, I think, the um, the Zellweger goal. But um, hopefully he can kind of find his groove a little bit here soon. So, um, yeah. So overall, I think for the game, Got to feel good about Muko Dillon. You got to feel good about uh, Eklund. I think some of the other younger guys kind of flashed, especially Cardwell as the game went on. Um, Gavanka, I thought, looked pretty solid as well. Um, Chichek had a, a pretty nice uh, play to kind of save a potential breakaway um, kind of late in the game. But Vlasic looked like Vlasic Faro looked like Faro. Uh, Shout out to Vlasic, though, scoring, <laughs> scoring on the rush. Who needs Eric Carlson? Uh, no, I'm kidding. We all are going to miss Eric Carlson. So uh, before, though, we get out of here, do want to just kind of, uh, you know, take care of a little bit of the news with the training camp roster cuts. Um, so the Sharks did send back 10 players uh, back to their, um, you know, clubs there. So Mason Bopit, um, Luca Cagnoni, and Jake Furlong are all heading back to their juniors. Um, if you wanted to kind of, look at the big questions in yesterday's episode. I did look, go through each of the prospects and kind of some big questions for them. Um, so talked about these guys kind of extensively yesterday. So all those guys are going to go back to juniors. We'll see those guys, um, you know, Cagnoni and, and for long kind of, and, and Bo Pitt all playing for their junior teams here. And they're going to be integral parts of them, especially guys like Cagnoni and Furlong who are, you know, going to be top pairing defensemen for, for their clubs. So we can start kind of, Keep an eye on those guys here soon. Uh, Mason Bopit, probably still the, the backup uh, in Wenatchee. Working on it, Wenatchee. Um, and then a lot of the AHL-only guys kind of got sent down to the Barracuda so they can kind of start their the Barracuda training camp. Uh, so Ethan Frisch, Roman Canal, uh, Connor McCarron, Bradley Merrick, uh, Anthony Vincent, and Beck Warren, the goalie. Um, I really liked what I saw so far at Anthony Vincent, and I, I just – got a good feeling uh, about him and i think he's going to be an integral part for for the barracuda i don't know why small sample size all that fun stuff but i just i gut feeling about anthony vincent so and then uh felix gagnon um who was a a, a ato 
uh, amateur tryout. Um, he's going back to the queue to play with his team. So um, I think he's still only like 18 or 19. So he was just coming in for camp. They're going to kind of keep an eye on him. And uh, you saw that with one of the Ducks players tonight, kind of same thing was on camp and then now playing with them this year. So just, you know, want to bring some guys in, kind of keep an eye on him. So I think that's going to be it for me tonight. Um, again, we will be back uh, tomorrow where we'll be discussing the Sharks uh, Ducks Part 2. Um, Electric Boogaloo. I don't know what it's. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be discussing that. So I expect to see kind of a lot of the same roster that we saw on Sunday night's game. So your hurdles, your Bordelos, um, your like th- those guys, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them. Uh, we'll see what what uh Quinn wants to do in net. Um, because we we've seen Blackwood, we've seen um Capo Kakinen. Do we see Magnus Krona maybe get a full start? Um, I think you know, I think he was the backup for that game. So I interesting to see what what he does there, especially as E2 marketing is kind of work still working him his, his way back from injury. So I would like to see Magnus Krona in net. That would be me. Because uh, you still have a couple more preseason games where you can kind of let these guys continue to uh, kind of get back into game shape. But I want to see Magnus Krona. That, that's kind of one of the big things I'm looking for. And then also, what, what does Bordolo do, right? He's got a great opportunity here. Um, Dakota's going crazy over something. He's got a great opportunity here with Kotori out. Can he seize this opportunity? So those are just a couple things I'm looking forward to to tonight's game. Again, we'll have a full breakdown um, on your next episode of Locked on Sharks, wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube as well. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at my fry hole. Until tomorrow. Bye, friends. <laughs>